You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. If I don't, we're all lost. Out of my way. No, you do not let his friend die. Tom has many friends. Gurgie has no friends. Gurgie! No! Don't jump! Wait! No! No! And thanks for listening to Asia Visited. We just... <laughs> Played you the best part of the Black Cauldron. <laughs> good night and good luck. Now, welcome back, Where's everybody. Where's the theme song? <laughs> Cue that beautiful bean. <laughs> for, uh, where's our theme music? I don't know what I was going to do there. Anyway, welcome back. Our second film in Animation Fest, celebrating some of the animated children's films, so to speak, of the 80s. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me, as always, in the spacious new Awesome Podcast Network studios, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And once again, by popular demand, Melissa Sedgley. Also because she lives here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this week, The Black Cauldron. A lot, now, this is one, uh, well, I guess they probably, the, actually, no, probably of the films we're doing for this little animation fest month, this is probably the one people have most likely have seen the wor- uh, least, I would imagine. And that would stem from the fact that it played in theaters and then disappeared until it came out on VHS and DVD like years later. I think I have the, num- uh, the facts uh, later on, but we'll get to that. But anyway, everybody, The Black Cauldron, July 24th, 1985. I remember seeing this in theaters and wondering what the hell I was watching. And then years later, when I, found, when I was an adult and found out what it was, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that movie. Because mm. I never saw it again until recently <laughs> because of stuff we'll get into. Anyway, IMDb 6.4, Rotten Tomatoes 55%, 48% audience, $44 million estimated budget. Uh, keep in wow. mind, an American tale that came out a year later, only $9 million. Open for 4.1, domestically gross 21, worldwide gross was 28.4, so it did not make its money back. Uh, by the way, this is a Disney film, uh, just so you know. In our discussion last week of uh, how Don Bluth really carried animation in the 80s, mm-hmm. it's because of stuff like this. Uh, but we'll get into it, and let's go ahead. Uh, directed by Ted Berman and Richard Rich, not Richie Rich, uh, they both also previously directed The Fox and the Hound. So they're, you know, they've done a, uh, a well-made animated film before. Uh, written by the directors, and 15 other people have credits for the writing screen, uh, the screenplay on this film. Uh, FYI, it was based on the Chronicles of Pradane, or Pridane, however you want to pronounce it, by Lloyd Alexander. Uh, voice class setting, a voiced, voice cast, if I could speak, uh, of such nobodies as Grant Beardsley as Terran, Susan Sheridan as... Ellen Wee, and you're probably like, well, why isn't he saying what else they did? Because they really didn't do anything that any of us would know. Mm. Sorry to say. However, we have our first person who's done some other stuff in the role of Dalbin with Freddie Jones. He did tons of TV, but I remember him mainly from David Lynch's Dune as Thufur Howitt, uh, the Mintat with the red stained lips. Uh, also, Nigel Hawthorne. He was also in Gandhi, Amistad, and Demolition Man. Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Fluter, uh, he was Fluter Flam. Uh, Clean Eldiag was author of Malay. He was the gravekeeper in the original Halloween and Toodles in Hook, most notably. Toodles. Which most people might remember him. He lost his marbles. 
Mm. Uh, Phil Von Kandaro uh, was Creeper. Most notably, he was Von Kar in Willow. And he's been in several other films that called for a badass-looking little person. Mm. Uh, the Horn King was none other than John Hurt, uh, V for Vendetta, Alien. He had a chestburster shoot out of him and made cinema history. The narrator was John Huston, uh, famous actor, of course, Maltese Falcon, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, I wonder if he's related to Angelica Huston. Maybe that's her dad. I don't know. I just guess because of the last name. So as you can see, <laughs> it's a Disney There's movie. Many. It's a Disney movie and, you know, not really a, you know, not compared to like usual Disney cast, there's no like big heavy hitter here. I mean, not, not to just say John Hurt isn't awesome as a demonic villain in this film. Yeah, daughter Angelica Houston, so it is Angelica Houston's <laughs> father, excuse me. So yeah, this is a typical, not a typical, but this is a good example of a Disney movie in the early and mid 80s before the Disney Renaissance. Uh, I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and like as a kid, like as a, at the first viewing, I loved it, but didn't see it again for years. It wasn't even available to be seen again for years, for a, uh, a few reasons, which we'll get into when we get into like the trivia behind it. But uh, watching it again for the first time in let's see, '85. This was 2015, so 30 years. Uh, 95, 95, yeah, 30 years. Double check my math because we know mm. I'm, I'm really good at math. Uh, so pr- literally, the th- seeing this 30 years after the first time. It's a mess. Uh, there's again. There's you know. I remember as a kid being like scary and cool, and I liked it. There were even I think Happy Meal toys or something with it. Uh, but again, as a kid, you see something once, it leaves a bit of an impression. Thirty years pass, like oh yeah, I remember that impression as a kid. Watching and just like boring, just not going anywhere. The best, the best thing about the movie that actually like made tugged on my heartstrings which we watched we listened to in the beginning <laughs> yeah. with the little koala uh, gremlin slash uh, golem creature golem. sacrificing yeah. itself and he comes back in the end because I mean it's, it's pretty sad oh. you gotta, maybe you have to watch the whole movie to get the whole feeling of it not just what we listened to at the beginning but I was like okay that, that part got me like you know that was, that was sad for a kid's movie maybe yeah, that's just, the reason I remember it wasn't a rip roaring tale of swords sorcery and magic uh, I'll put it to you <laughs> this way it was better than Flight of Dragons Oh, <laughs> which, which is next week. next week. So it was way better than that. This isn't <laughs> a bad film per se, but it's just like there. This has been done better in live action and animation. Put it to you that way. It had a mm. lot of imagination, but it just it it really just doesn't hold together. Uh, anyway, but this is this is it should be noted that this is a very historical film in terms of Disney animation. A lot of firsts here, such as. It was the first Disney film to not contain any songs. Mm. It was also the first. There's a lot of these. Uh, it was the first Disney film to receive a PG rating and had to be edited down twice to avoid an R rating. Because, again, wow. cut. no PG-13 this time. No PG-13. Uh, the they first, cut the sex scenes. <laughs> first to use computer technology. The first Disney film to have full closing credits with music up until this uh, they, Disney films would have like you know the fairy tale book opening in the beginning, and they oh, have the yeah. credits every, like oh, three right. students and everything yeah. in the beginning. This was the first one to be state like structured like a typical film, right? A stereotypical film, I guess I should say. Uh, it was the first Disney film since Snow White to have scenes cut out of it to avoid, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, harsh rating. It was the first Disney film to be filmed in widescreen since Sleeping Beauty, and it was the first Disney film not to have the end appear on the screen at the end. 
That's a lot of firsts. Yeah, and there's a few more that we're gonna get into in just a second. But yeah, so, you know, in fact, I didn't remember this was a Disney film until I found a copy to watch last year. I was like, wait, this, wow, this is Disney. Yeah, right well, on the because cover. I guess traditionally you think of Disney as being such like lighthearted, kind of yeah. family friendly, kids kind of thing. And then when you think like, you know, Cauldron, it's like, this is dark. I mean, this is really yeah. not a typical Disney feeling. Yeah, I mean, this is a far cry from the sword and the stone. Yeah. You know, in terms of like a similar genre. Now, it's funny, you saw, when you look at the different pictures, mm-hmm. covers, one said Walt, the Walt Disney's masterpiece. The Black Cauldron, yeah. which nobody had seen for 30 years, 25 years, whenever it came out, mm-hmm. until they released it again. Hardly call it a masterpiece. But it, again, it's a very important film in the Disney catalog in terms of, you know. Well, and I could see kind of that, that specific Disney animation style look to it. Because it, it does have like the sword in the stone kind of look. The way that it's drawn yeah. out, the, the characters. The and the main character look. even looks like Arthur from Sword oh, in the yeah. Stone with uh, brunette hair. Yeah, very hair. similar. But... Uh, one of the things too is that uh, I lost my train of thought. It'll come back. Anyway, uh, it was also here's a, here, this is I think in a sense the most interesting fact about this film. The first first and most interesting first about this film to me, this was the first Disney film to feature what the, it was known as the classic Walt Disney World logo, which is the blue background and then the White Castle comes in as the music starts playing. We've all seen that on oh, countless yeah. Disney mm-hmm. movies. That intro for Walt Disney was used all the way in front of every Disney film until Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest in 2006. That wow. was the first film to use the now typical 3D going across the countryside past the castle as the fireworks go off right. under the bridge, Walt Disney. Hmm. Until that movie, it was this, starting with this one, it was that all the Disney Renaissance films, uh, all those used that classic blue screen Disney theme as the White Castle appears. Which I found, me personally, I was like, Wow. That's really interesting. And we're watching it right now. There you go. Everybody, every kid, that should take you back. What movie does that immediately make you think of? Oh, mine's Goofy Movie, where it's like, <laughs> My brother loved that movie. I hated it so bad. Oh, gosh. He had the damn soundtrack, and he would, on CD, mm-hmm. and he would play it. Oh, like, I love this song. He, and like, when I played my music, I shut my door. Just like, I don't want to hear it, anybody else. I want to hear my music, and I don't want them to hear it. Like, it's, I'm listening to music. He would leave his door open, and he would like, like, oh, I'm like trying to watch TV down here. Oh, there's oh, a different Toy, one in Toy, Toy Story. Story. Oh, wait, it said something at the bottom, though. This logo is later reused in all Pixar movies from Toy Story to Ratatouille. Reused. Oh, so I guess it was in there. But probably just a one-off or something. I think they're... Con- not con- I don't know. But, I mean, I that's know. kind of the same It logo. basically yeah. is, just <laughs> 3D. Yeah. Different music, though. I don't even remember that. Logo in front of Toy Story. But yeah, that's definitely the same there. I don't even know what that movie is. It's like they changed the speed that's of it. That's the based Jonathan on the movie. Taylor Thomas classic, I'll Be oh, Home for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> available to stream on Netflix. <laughs> Do me a favor, don't watch it. Watch Ernest Saves Christmas instead. Oh yeah, they just change it up. Yeah. But it's basically the same. Well, yeah, we'll give it a pass for now. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's like the, the stuff, the reason why I didn't watch this. Or many people didn't see the Black Cauldron until many years later. Uh, it was suspended from video release for years due to its dark content. Uh, in fact, supposedly parents took crying children out of the theater during the undead scenes of the film. Mm-hmm. It was quickly cut and redone after the theatrical release. 
and it finally hit VHS. Again, this movie released in 1985. It didn't come out on VHS till 1998. Wow. 13, uh, excuse me, 12, no, 13 years later, you could actually watch this movie again. However, wow. again, I didn't see it for another 15 <laughs> years after that. Uh, it, it didn't, it came, uh, 12 years later, it hit DVD in 2010. So, again, like, memories of this film, unless you went to the theater to see it multiple times, again, I remember the Black Cauldron, and I knew there was a creature in it, and there was, like, a dude that looked like Mola Ram, I mean, not Mola Ram, uh, the dude from, uh, Mumra from Thundercats, the red cape and the mummied look, which was the, uh, the Horned King. Didn't scare me, I thought the movie was badass. So, I'm not sure these pussies that... You know, started crying in it. But uh, anyway, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, studio chairman at the time, himself cut 12 minutes from the film being, his quote, appalled by the darkness. And if you recognize that name, that's because he later went on with Spielberg and David Geffen to form DreamWorks. SKG, those little initials at the bottom, Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen. Hmm. I don't know if they saw that on the logo or not, but when it first came out, they were the ones that founded DreamWorks. Uh, it also should be noted... And rightfully so, this was Tim Burton's first and last involvement with a Disney animated film. He was a conceptual artist for the film. Hmm. Which, and this is the only Disney animated film to basically get banned for 12 year, uh, 13 years due to its dark content. <laughs> and Tim Burton worked on it. There he is right there, conceptual artist, uncredited. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, it took, and in term, not only did it take, uh, what we say, 15 years for it to come out on VHS, it took over 12 years to make. Five years of actual production and cost over $25 million. Over 1,100 different hues and colors were used and 35 miles of film stock for an animated film. Gosh. And also, I think that explains why this is, again, this is 85. American Tale comes out a year later. Animation's hands down leagues above this. Yeah. That's because this film was using animation techniques over the, and evolutions over the course of 12 years because there are some scenes in the film that are so shoddily animated, it's just like, ugh. It's that He-Man look to where like it's a recycled scene used, you know, reversed, and he's running away from the camera instead of toward the, towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some of the other scenes look, you know, very appropriate for the time. Uh, let me see, where am I? Oh, uh, during the beginning of the film, when Dalvin uses the Hen Wind's magic to find the Horn King, the first image that appears in the water, where he's like scrying, so to speak, was a recycled section from the Night on Bald Mountain sequence from Fantasia, the coolest scene with the. Right. The big, you know, speak, you know, talking about a Disney film with scary imagery, which it wasn't scary to me, but I mean, it's the devil sending demons out in a Disney movie. (laughs) And that was Fantasia. You know, there's skeletons moving around and walking in this and it's considered, you know, too much. But neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, when the Horn King activates the power of the Black Cauldron, the sound of a space shuttle launch is the sound effect for the cauldron activating. It's so weird when they do stuff like that. (laughs) It's we need like, a sound. Eh, just use the let's, sound. Uh, slow it heard. down, Haspy. Nobody <laughs> will know what it is. Uh, a technological breakthrough in this movie was the development of the APT. Uh, it's called an animation photo transfer is what it stands for. Uh, it's the first, it was the first major change in the studio's method of basically filming animation that Disney had since Xerox copying replaced hand inking 20 years earlier. It pretty much improved the quality of the animator's art in terms of the clarity and uh, the developer of it, Dave Spencer, actually won an Oscar for this film, or basically for his development, a technological Oscar, the ones you don't see on TV, mm-hmm. that they recap in five seconds from all the really intelligent, hardworking, scientific people who make advancements in films and get five seconds mentioned at the Oscars. Uh, so he got an Oscar for it. 
uh, and this was interesting because you know Disney is a it's a long it's an old company. There's a lot of like you know legends and like old blood so to speak that kind of ran it, and some people say still do. Uh, but Disney had what was called a group of nine old men, and this was considered uh, the company's core animators. Uh, some who later became directors. Uh, these are the people that created some of the most famous cartoons from Snow White all the way to the Rescuers. And Walt Disney himself referred to the guys as the nine old men. So it was like a, in, within the company, it was like, a, you know, these guys walk in, you're like, oh, listen to what they say. They're like a John Lasseter or Spielberg on set kind of situation. Uh, as well as Don Bluth took stabs at uh, the nine old men, what I was getting at, aside from telling you who they are. Yeah. But that group of Disney animators, as well as Don Bluth himself, tried to make this film in the 70s, based again on the Chronicles of Pradain by Lloyd Alexander. And you know that was sort of the genesis of it, but then 12 years later, it gets made and promptly gets banned for 15. <laughs> A Disney animated cartoon. Uh, and actually, if you can't find it, you can YouTube. <laughs> it's going to have that lens that flare in the effect, middle, but yeah. it's, it's watchable for what you need to. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, if you're a Disney collector... Uh, it's not out on Blu-ray, I don't believe, at least in our region. But uh, you can watch it right there on YouTube, or maybe if you set want the to buy speed it. to one point two five. So there you go. Probably have to watch it on a computer because I don't think you have that option in Xbox or yeah, TV sure. settings. Yeah, it's kind of different. Strangely enough, there was also there was an MS DOS video game adaptation of the Black Cauldron, mm. which again another first is considered. Let me rephrase that. It is possibly the first use in a video game of multiple endings. It actually predates the more famous use of multiple endings wow. from I, uh, I Lucasfilm's Maniac Mansion by a year. And it was can- they had an NES yep. version planned, but they canceled it. I played this. <laughs> Holy crap. What ending did you oh, get? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a movie back then. <laughs> yeah, again, it, it, once it was out of theaters, there was Holy nothing crap. about it. There was nothing, not a thing about this film that you could you know, you know, know about. So Again, back in the eighties, no internet, no computers. That looks no just like that was Disney. Merlin's little cabin house area in the Sword in the Stone. Like mm-hmm. the outside of it, when he walked in, it just they didn't it looks, know the difference. <laughs> the yeah. guys making the video game. <laughs> it looks just, just like that. Looks like the first Monkey Island. And the girl that's in the 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 lead. Wow, you know, that's the, crazy. It's got good. It looks good for a nineteen eighty five MS DOS game. Yep. Compared to like a Captain Cody, Commander Cody, or hey, this was back in the day when Blake I was playing Stone. like uh, King's Quest and stuff like that. Yep, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Jeez, this is nostalgic. well, Jesse, you should watch the movie. Yeah, and you can see what it was based well, on. Well, when the when the movie was flashed wow. on the um the the YouTube version of it, the the girl that's the lead girl looks exactly like Aurora, and she does her whole very dress similar and everything, the look and everything, hair dress. Yeah, but uh, of course, again, if you're listening to this, like, oh, I vaguely remember that movie. There's ways to see it. You know, check it out. See what you think. Uh, personally, if I'm giving a score to this thing now, it's a five. It's just, I'll, I have no need to ever watch this or show this to my kids. It's an important film in Disney history, but it's not like a good film like Fox and the Hound, Little Mermaid, Rescuers. You know, there's a reason that it's this is not one that comes up in conversation. It's, a, it's the dark horse of Disney. And there's some great things in it. But it's like The Good Dinosaur. We talked about this, I can't remember if we were yeah. on the podcast or not. In my opinion, The Good Dinosaur is, t- is bad until the very end. Like That's where it finally shows some Pixar-ness mm. in terms of just how it's done in the story. But everything before that is like, this is garbage. Like, this is dumb. Yeah. Let's start, this is stupid. Like, I'm not even enjoying it. This is Pixar? What? 
black culture is the same way, in my opinion. Like, that's a, as a point of reference to something modern that I can relate it to, is that, you know, it's got some imagination. It's boring as hell until the end. And then it's just like, even, but that's not enough to save it. It's not better than the sum of its parts. One thing that's kind of memorable, and I'll remember, that, I'll, I'll remember now is Gollum from the film. Gim, I don't even remember his name. Gimli, some of the G. I can't even remember his damn name. But I remember that. And, show and yeah, we'll, whatever, whatever we said his name was. I'm sick to thinking he's Dobby. He could Harry be. Potter. <laughs> I hated Dobby until he died. Well, that's what he, the whole thing said sacrifice. So I was like, oh, Dobby, sacrifice. So. Master has given Dobby a sock. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever movie he first appeared in, I was like, oh, God. I hope. He was Jar Jar to me. Oh. I was just like, I hope this character doesn't show up again. But when he, do, like, when he does, like in Deathly Hollows or whatever, like, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't annoying because it was just sacrifice. like a. It was like a brief. Little things so it didn't know. But yeah, like you know, going back, revisiting this film, you know, it's five. It's not great. It's not fantastic. Again, it's it's notable in the Disney canon. But uh, you know, I don't it doesn't need to be on your shelf of Disney movies to, you know, watch. Unless you really like it, because you might. I don't. I don't need to watch it ever again. So yeah, that's that. Mm. Uh, anyway. And y'all y'all have never seen it, right? You played the game, Jesse. I played the hell of this game, yeah. <laughs> I'm like remembering. Oh yeah, Everything. I know what's gonna happen there. I know what's gonna happen there. Yeah. Funny enough, it's That's like now, I'm, now I'm almost tempted to want to to see it, knowing that I've. Well, watch I've, it and report back next week. Yeah. <laughs> what you think of it? Again, like you, I mean, I can see how I, I can see how people would like it, but it's one of those films like like for example, I love David Lynch's Dune, but I, I know why people hate it at the same time. But I can see why some people would like this, but it's not as good as like people think it is. Or I might remember it because they probably only saw it once, and the next time they saw it again was 15 years later, and they probably haven't seen it again for 15 more years after that. Because mm. it came out on, if you saw it when it came out on theaters, you saw it again 15 years later on VHS, and you saw it again, you might have seen it again 12 years later on DVD. So, I mean, like, you know, it's not like consistent, like, and in fact, by the time it came out on DVD, you, your VCR probably didn't work anyway. In 2010, you had a working VCR? Well, Stone sad, A, I mean, sadly, living under a rock. I still have a. Working VHS. Well, no, no, no. You have a Blu-ray player. You have. You don't still buy VHS. You know. Although I'm sure that's coming back because record vinyl's so big. Oh no, man! You got to watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Four on VHS. Just the the grainy quality. You know. I mean, it's just it adds to it. I don't know. That sounds really pretentious. I do like watching those old horror movies. Like I don't have them on Blu-ray. I like them on DVD because it's still a little grainy. So uh, I'm kind of talking out two sides of my face here. But I'm not being pretentious enough to say that that's. You know, the only way to watch it. So I'm covering my ass with that comment. That's all I'm trying to say. But uh, in the real world, uh, again, this released July 24th, 1985, the day before this film came out. Uh, your parents might have gone to the store and got you a Commodore Amiga personal computer, which hmm. my aunt had, and I think she had some game for it. I think. A Black it, Cauldron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah, it is this. No, it was like, uh, oh, it's some bear game. Where like you had to get like red dots and you were a bear. It was some, I think that's what it was. I could be way off because we know how my memory is on this show. But yeah, that was what was going on in the real world at the time. And this week for Back to the Future, last week we talked about what I considered probably the top five most underrated cartoons of the '80s because we're talking about animation. So, but this week I had to think of four topics, one each week. So last week was underrated. This week we're doing my top five favorite cartoon themes. And this list could have been 25 things long. But I had to narrow it down with criteria just to get a concise list of five. 
Otherwise, we'd be here. We'd have a whole show on the best cartoon themes of the 80s. Uh, so my card, all I did was I picked my favorite ones, but there were so many, I kind of narrowed it down to ones that didn't have, if they had narration, it was saying. There's no, the choices are not, you know, uh, for example, no He-Man or Voltron, because although they're awesome themes, the music's great, it's got voiceover narration over music. You know, so it's like, and then they became Voltron. Like, he's not singing, he's talking. Master of the Universe. I raised my sword and I became He-Man. You know, I mean, it, it's iconic. I love it to death, but it doesn't meet the criteria. With that being said, number five, Heathcliff. Oh. And if, uh, I'm sure you have to remember this if you've ever watched the cartoon. Because I, I sing this like almost every day just because of the damn beat of it. And it's pulling up. So all those like, wait, what is he talking about? I think I remember that. You'll, if, you remember, if you heard it when I was a kid, once you hear it, you'll instantly remember it. Well, that's, that's played way too fast. Oh, it is? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, oh, no, it's oh. still one, two, five. <laughs> I'm still set to the other one. It's great. Fucking love it. The part that I sing, though, is the end part. Whoops, I keep on going. I did hate when they had, like, not Heathcliff, but the other cat. I forget his name. Garfield? That one, no. Oh. That one had, that's not oh, Heathcliff, that one, it had a different right. name. I forget his name. McScat cat or some shit. I don't remember. I like that sexy cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for the best part. It's at the end. Here it is. I sing that all the time. I'm what you know. If I wasn't married and I was singing that like near school and whoa, and like some girls like joins in, it would be destiny. But too late for that dream. Too late. <laughs> the dream anyway, is dead. Moving right along, number four will be uh, Muppet Babies. Oh, I watch this all the time. Like this, and this is the one that I, me and Autumn will sing together because she actually liked this one and remembers the theme. Muppet Babies, we make our dreams come true. What a great cartoon! Babies, <laughs> it was so damn good. When your world looks kind of weird and you wish that you were there, just close your eyes. Oh, it's subtitled. Believe, and you can be anywhere. I like adventure. I like romance. I love great jokes. I'm a monster. That's a little good. I'm the piano. I like the whole hair. Me, I love the piano. Is everything all right in here? Yes, Danny. <laughs> Just classic. Uh, moving on, number three, Danger Mouse. Which I misspoke last week because Dinosaurs, it's on the list, but it's not one for this because it has narration. Oh. But we did listen a little, little bit of this last oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just, in case they didn't hear last week. Yeah. And, if, and you should watch it. Like, watch the intro. It's great. If you, This one we're watching isn't animated, but the actual intro last of the show <laughs> isn't. It was last time, yes. It's so entertaining. But again, as a kid, I would, for some reason, put my arm out of my... Pull my arm through my shirt to mimic his eye patch for some bizarre five-year-old reason and Which run around the house. Like yes. Because, see, like, I don't even know... My, my parents told me, like, you kept doing that. We never could understand why. And they said and it was their hypothesis that I did it because of his eye patch for some <laughs> reason as a kid. It was the only way to mimic it. 
So, you know, we all do weird shit as kids, and that was <laughs> one of mine. <laughs> one of my many weird-ass things. There you go. Uh, let's see. What's that number? Uh, number two, DuckTales. Oh, And everybody yeah. should know this yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's pretty common now. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, uh, our good friend Cliff Yawn, we play, uh, we meet every Tuesday night to play uh, PSN. We play uh, Star Wars. Dude sings this all the time. Just like, he'll like shoot people like, down in Duckburg, <laughs> solve a mystery. Whoa! Or rewrite history. Woo! I'm sorry, if you jumped in the change, it's just like, dead. <laughs> yeah. I always Woo! thought it'd be so cool to have a room like that, but then like when you become an adult, I'm like, that's, that's, yeah, you're dead. You couldn't, you, if you were under that, you would die. You'd be suffocating. What's behind you? There's a stranger out to find you. Also, what a great fucking game that was for NES. Yep. I even went through the entire remaster when I'm playing. I'm like, oh, I remember how to beat this. It's like muscle memory came back for like the Transylvanian level. And it's like, oh, I remember this. I will never forget. It was junior high in the cafeteria, and they played this over the loudspeakers. And Why? Every, I don't know, it was one of those. Was it like a uh, Shawshank Redemption thing where the kid that's always in detention yeah. goes to the yeah. thing? Sits back with a record player it and was plays one of those duck tales. I, was I don't know the, what that guy was singing about, but it sure was. Pretty. I was just sitting at the lunchroom table, and then all of a sudden that starts playing over the loudspeakers, like where normally they'd play kind of like just soft, ready kind of thing. And all of a sudden this plays, and like everybody just starts singing <laughs> in the cafeteria. It was awesome. Like best day in, of junior high ever. <laughs> That's awesome. And so like this is one of the games too that I would leave on just to hear the theme song. <laughs> Because again, back in the, it's not like they were. You could go to your computer and like Ducktales theme, download, yeah. got it immediately. Nah, we had to scrounge, record shit off the radio, <laughs> hold a tape player next to like a show MIDI to record files stuff later. Yeah, we had it bad back get in a the days, voice, you know. Yeah, and you know we always record something, but you always have that. Yeah. Well, and now that I now I'm thinking about, I mean, this was '80s, but I mean, I was junior high, like you know, mid '90s. So that shows you how like it span the yeah. test of time i mean it's still it was still cool to us junior high kids of the 90s look at that he can jump beyond the score thing <laughs> secret level there you go <laughs> what a great game and a great and a great theme song and the show was great uh but number one without a doubt there was you know you again using the criteria to kind of keep the list you know reasonable the one theme song that always just got me so pumped up and excited, Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah. Speaking of like wailing guitars and you know, again, you know, it's all told, it's sung. It's not, so it fits the criteria. Who doesn't know this? Who didn't rock out to this when the show came on? Me and my brother would have our figures. We'd be like acting out the intro. <laughs> have you heard the new one? The new thing? Uh-uh. It's not bad. Get a grip! The whole show isn't bad. It's yeah. like episodic. Yeah, I mean, well, you keep watching it. Because we talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. but because uh, then when we talked, like, yeah, I'm going to start watching it. And, like, it's not on Netflix anymore. Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll, I'll get it. I just, it's not as easy to get right now. It'll come back, I'm sure. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a party, dude. <laughs> and the thing is, like the the animation in the intro is so much better than yeah. the cartoon. 
I I still probably somewhere like because my mom kept all the different kind of Disney those box VHS tapes and then all the you know different kind of cartoon VHS. I still have April Fool's Day on VHS, and I watched it over mm. and over again. Right. You see the latest trailer? Oh yeah, Super Bowl with Crane. Yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like they're going full old cartoon. Yes. On it. <laughs> yes. Which Rock is a good City, way to Bebop, go. Crane. I still have. That's on the direction like, they need to go with that. Yeah. yeah Hopefully my Bebop, it doesn't. Rock City action figures. Oh yeah. So like a few years ago for our villains Halloween party, I mean, our first choice was to do Rocksteady and Bebop. And then we're like, I'm looking online, I can't find shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't even find a mask. Like you know, it's like, I, sorry, I, babe, I can't make this. Yeah. I'm not Jesse. <laughs> well, I was like, I can't like, tell him my idea because he might steal it. Well, it's another one of those. This cartoon <laughs> that it's just like how it was when we were talking um, about Star Wars before. It's bringing the the parents and the kids kind of nostalgically together, where it's like it's you can share it because I have students of mine that carry around like those little Ninja Turtle backpack things. Yeah. They look like shells. or But some of them have the new Ninja Turtles, some of them have the old Ninja well, that's Turtles. That's like what like Jesse crossover. was saying because the, the new animated series is super popular. But also, it from you know what I've understood and what I've seen, it, it the merchandising for it, I've seen classic Turtles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the new ones, Yeah, you know, which is awesome. And the kids both, love yeah. either one. I mean, they love both of them. They, I mean, and when you can tell them like... What those turtles are, their names, they think this you're the coolest it, person. Like, what? You know who that is? Like, uh, one year for Christmas, they came out with, like, the stuffed animal Ninja Turtles, all four. Oh, yeah. But they were, like, they had, like, you know, the wires in where you can, like, you know, they were stuffed animals, but you could sort of pose, like, you know, you can bend them in vague poses. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, as a kid, Leonardo was my favorite. Justin wanted Michelangelo. Well, for Christmas, they sold out of Leonardo and Raphael, so Justin got Michelangelo. I got Donatello. Which, in hindsight, I don't mind, because I like Donatello. Right. But well, now, as he's, a, kid, he's like, a big deal in this new show. Well, in the comics, he's dead. Rocksteady straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think... No, be- uh, I think now, they both Donatello did. They both beat him. They, yeah, they Robin, Jason totted him with crowbars and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to the, yeah. the theme song, Donatello does machines, so I think that they're going to figure out a way to... He's gonna be a, a mecha machine. turtle, whatever. Yeah. Is. yeah. What was that figure's name? The robot turtle. Oh. It had like yeah. a specific name. My cousin had that action figure. I did. It was. So he, cool. he was in the new uh, turtles <clears throat> too. God, he has like. Oh. I'm trying to think before you pull it up, just to prove that I can remember it. But I'm an old man. Metalhead. Metal <laughs> and it was something like that. That figure was awesome. Cause like you know we're ki- you you ki- and the, the thing about turtles was oh, you could take their arms and that. legs off and mm-hmm. reattach them to other characters. So we, me and my, you know, just like with GI Joe, not GI Joe, but He Man and stuff. Like Leonardo would get his arm cut off by Shredder, so we take Robo uh, Metalhead's <laughs> arm, like, psh, and then Leonardo would have that robot hand, and we so much fun. And I, I think of all like the cartoons we've talked about this episode and last, you know, I mean, He Man and GI Joe were great, and He Man probably overall had like some of the best, especially because it had you know it combined like GI Joe was awesome for its vehicles, so many vehicles and like plate little playsets and stuff. And Ninja Turtles had, like, you know, the fan, really fantastic element, too, which G.I. Joe did have a bit, you know, but it was still, like, it was a realistic character with, like, but he's, you know, Alpine, so he's got skis. Yeah. You know, every <laughs> accessory you could think of. But He-Man did a good job of incorporating the fantasy element, you know, the imagination 
along with like the, the numerous vehicles and stuff from like G.I. Joe and everything. Well, what I think is nice about the theme song for the new Turtles and then the old Turtles, they tried to keep it that, sta- that same kind of style of explaining each turtle and then talk about... It's but a little just, bit of an homage, but modernized. Yeah, but they had to awesome. modernize for great. the kids of today because the style of music kids listen to today as versus the 80s is just that different kind yeah. of bringing it up to today's stand, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, but modern. It's, it always, even like even hearing it just now, like, get you pumped up. Like, yeah. this, like I would put that on my workout. I mean, actually, I need yeah. to add that to my workout. <laughs> uh, mix it's fucking badass gets me excited but uh some other extended version <laughs> like eight hour version there's there's one um the, the song wise that i was thinking about because i was thinking like what would my kind of and ninja turtles would definitely be at the top but um i think it is chip and dale oh yeah that, that's, that's, that's one 80, of my yeah. that's one on like if i um, made it 10 it'd be on here because you know chip and dale was awesome Chip and Dale. See, yeah, see, you know, you remember? Yeah. Gadget was hot. <laughs> In fact, so while we were watching American Tale, me and my wife, we were talking about like, cause they had that rat or that mouse chick. Yeah. And like, I don't know why that. I was like, it looks like Gadget. I'm like, babe, who do you think's hotter, the chick? I'll forget her character. Like American Tale or Gadget? We agree, Gadget's like the hottest mouse. <laughs> oh, well, I had a lot of these little uh, little toys, like the the things that you get in like McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had their own little line, but, like in via, you know, McDonald's had that great like group of toys for like years, where like whatever oh. it was promoting, it was always like their head and shoulders, but like in a passenger seat of like some weird vehicle. Yeah, they had it like for Batman Returns, for all, like Muppet Babies had its mm-hmm. own. But they were like more like figures, but like all sorts of stuff like that. They were awesome toys back Even in the day. I like Tom Selleck and Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's Indiana Jones <laughs> and Magnum P.I. <laughs> yeah. Well, even funny enough. In drag right there. Right. Funny enough. They got to do some buddy cop stuff. Yeah. Black Cauldron <laughs> even had their own toy like that. Yeah. But it was like, it was those trains. They'd make the little train things, and Black Cauldron had their own little mm-hmm. one. So a smaller time, it was out. Having a toy, you were badass toy. back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen something. Of course, I don't, I mean... There was an awesome, uh, awesome toy in a Happy Meal. I'd go get it as an adult, like put on my desk, like you know, just as like you know, everybody has. If you have your own workspace at work, you personalize it, you know. Uh, nowadays, it's like pop vinyl figures everywhere. I see at other oh, people's. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck's a good one, but also uh, gummy bears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that one gets annoying after like one listen, but like it gets oh, stuck get, in your head. You can ask, you know. I, that, I will just randomly just sing this. Oh yeah, it's a catchy song. Faithful and friendly with stories to share. All the forest they sing out in chorus. I hated that cartoon though. Gummy bears. This was on the Disney Channel or ABC or probably See, that's I'm never aware, but I, I didn't have cable. <laughs> Because like I li- I like I wa- I would watch a show to listen to the theme song and then like nothing else is on. <laughs> it's like Smurfs. Like I don't I never liked the Smurfs. Right. Yeah. You know, but like okay, wait. What comes on after the Smurfs? Scooby Doo. Okay, I'll, I'll wait for the Smurfs to be. I'll watch the Smurfs to Did get the Scooby Doo. They're uh, relaunching Scooby Doo. Oh really? Like how so? Like post-apocalyptic Scooby Doo. <laughs> wait, are you serious? Scooby Doo. So like Mad Max. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> I know they had a because uh, my niece watched it on Netflix. They had some series, and it was like the same. You know, it was like the classic episodes, but like a little bit modern in terms of like the animation. Everything was actually entertaining. Like I watched some with her. 
And well, I wasn't bored. Well, They're I mean, relaunching a bunch of different ones. Um, I mean, it's something that kids still know about today. I mean, they still, they know who Scooby-Doo is. It's well, not the movies, like the too, for one. a while back, probably, you know, brought it back into yeah. uh, long public long, eye. Man. I mean, it's not a, like a big hyped cartoon character like some other well, characters classic, are. But, though. I mean, kids know who he is still. Yeah. A breakdown. <laughs> Let's see. Wait, is this it? Like they're doing it? a Hanna Barbera like Avenger style called Future Quest, where everybody gets together. And oh wow! Some story to that. Oh, I mean, Quest. like uh, in terms of an, like cartoon series or comics or web. Like, I mean, is it? Like uh, I want to. It's a comic, I believe. Okay, but, I'm yeah. on, I mean, Space Ghost is on it. I'm on board. And uh, Thundar. Is that thunder? Or what was that with the globs? Yeah, I recognize like two of these. Oh, no, Herculoids, I think, or <laughs> something like Space that. Space coast to coast. Yeah, well, of course he had. He was a serious character before that. Yeah. I don't see no Blue Falcon though. They're bringing back Flintstones, all realistic looking, because why? I don't know. <laughs> Meh. Never liked the but Flintstones. Yeah, that's uh, an image. I watched the Flintstones a lot. <laughs> see, they're all kind of Scooby Doo's post-apocalyptic. Like they all have tattoos too. <laughs> that's kind of neat. <laughs> I mean, if it's a comic, I mean, of course, just wait. I'll, I'll check it out. This is how, like, to get Scooby-Doo to be more emotive, he shoots uh, emojis out of his eyes. <laughs> so you can tell if he's happy or sad. I'm glad or, in a post-apocalyptic uh, world, we, that technology survives, right. <laughs> that we can communicate with dogs via emojis. He shoots Smile, bubbles from me. his eyes that are like an emoji. Wait, is there another one below it? Or that that way he probably doesn't have to talk and... Yeah. Um, no, no, that's, that's just something else. Something. But yeah, uh, <laughs> like really hipster Shaggy. Yeah. Mm. Like handlebar mustache Shaggy, and for some reason she got really small. Yeah, she's a kid now yeah, playing she's video games. Tiny. Yeah. Velma. That's Velma. That's it. Yeah. I look on but nine. Yeah, I use nine. Like when different. I get bored at night, before I go to bed, I always just go through Nine Gag, the app on my phone, mm-hmm. and look at all the different uh, gifs or gifs, whatever you want to call yeah. them, and me, you know, all that stuff, just to kind of go to bed. And they have a cosplay section. And I mean, I have a, nothing but respect for some of those people that are that creative, mm-hmm. but apparently it's really big and like for some of the cosplayers to do like sexy Velma. And <laughs> it yeah, just, it's pretty common. I'm like, hey, you know, oh, she's hot, but that's kind of weirding me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, saw a great. <laughs> it was like it was a group for Halloween. Did Scooby Doo like a group? And then the one black guy they had was shirtless as Scooby. Oh, like right, I've seen off. that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DC Comics is doing all these. I mean, okay. <laughs> oh, they're doing, they're doing the, uh, what, was it, the ra- what was it called on the cartoon? Something race. Uh, What's, it, it's uh, a wacky race It had race all the villains. Land. It just looks it? like Mad Max. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they do it Mad Max style, I'm totally on board to check that out. Speed Racer. Yeah, That's the only race car thing I knew, cartoon-wise. Wait, what's the next one? It was, that looks... Yeah, what is... Okay, that must be the quest thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Space Ghost. Real Space Ghost. <laughs> Future Quest. Oh, Brack! Brack! <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I wish they'd just do a Space oh, Ghost comic, because I'm all about that. Oh, I'm sure he's going to be a huge character in that thing. Because, I mean, back in the day... like, it looks again, like Jim Lee. Is it? I don't see his signature, but that looks like his art, doesn't it? It's a little, like, not detailed. Like, look at Although, the trees. That yeah, like that looks like Jim Lee. The face doesn't. I know that's J. Scott Campbell. 
I mean, it's DC. Got the danger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he could was, he could be Marvel? echoing the uh, the style, not doing his like grittiness. Wait, go down the. There was a signature on the bottom one. There it is. Um, he's involved. I mean, his name came up. Like <laughs> key, Lee. Yeah, which one? The bottom. The very bottom, like uh, up. No, I'm sorry, down. <laughs> Oh, that's the last one. Like, like the bottom oh. of the bottom image, right there. Hold on. I, Are you looking not, for a signature? Yeah, there's a signature there, but that's not Jim Lee on that one. Because yeah. he's a. I have his autograph, so I know what, he, <laughs> uh, what his signature looks like. <laughs> what if he changed it? Because he's an artist. Yeah, the people don't look like Jim Lee, but that background. Yeah, that's like when you like when you point the specifically. I'm like, wait, that does kind of look like Jim Lee-ish. His trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some little happy trees here. <laughs> no, but uh. When Jim Lee was doing Image Comics, he had a he did Wildcats. That was his first one, and then his second one was something called Death Blow, which was stupid. Death like in, I, a lot of it, I mean, we can all admit oh, Image yeah. Comics in hindsight, that first group of comics was terrible, except maybe Savage Dragon. In my the opinion, the sad thing is a lot of those Image co- Comics Death Blows what winds up in those little nothing boxes. Oh yeah, they were oh. trying to get rid of. There's a signature. <laughs> oh, the, oh wait, wow, I thought that was J. Scott Campbell. Although Jim Lee did like. Around that Danger Girl time, he did emulate emulate him for a while with his style. He did, but the, like he's been doing some Batman covers, and he's gone back to his dark, gritty, uh, I don't know, thatchy style, so to speak. Mm. The man's a chameleon. Yeah. No, but uh, I sent suggestions for the name of the letter column, and he wrote back on a postcard. It was a Wildcats postcard, and he's like, "Hey Trey, thanks for the Death Blow number two suggestions, Jim Lee." I'm like, "Holy shit, Jim Lee!" <laughs> Still got it. In fact, uh, around that time. That's when, you know, and now, uh, comics, again, have letters columns, but it's all email columns now, you know, where people, it's not like people mail letters yeah. to the comics. Yeah. But when Image came out, I, went, I mailed letters to all of them. <laughs> Rob Leefield, Eric Larson, Jim Lee, Sam Keith, uh, Mark Silvestri, and Jim Lee wrote back, and Sam Keith wrote back. And I have both of their autographs from that. But all them other assholes didn't give me the time of day. Fuck you, Liefeld. <laughs> Ant Hill Mob, Penelope Pitstop, and Dick Dastardly mixing a healthy dose of Mad Max and you get okay it must have been races. called Wacky Races I thought it was something different but I remember that series oh Hanna-Barbera wow yeah I'm totally stoked for vehicle that designs by Mark Sexton who was part of Mad Max Fury Road I'm totally gonna check those out except the uh, you can't like the Flintstones the- fuck it I don't, like, I, don't, I don't give a shit about the Flintstones yeah that's a Jim lot. Lee could draw it and I wouldn't care and that's saying a lot because I love Jim Lee <laughs> Yeah, character design, mm, Amanda Connor. Interesting. No thanks, but yeah, Wacky Races and what was it called? Future Quest. Future yeah. Quest. I'm like, fuck yeah. Just need the Blue Falcon and Birdman. They're Birdman. All those people in there. at the bottom. Yeah. Wait, where is it? Might. My... Yeah, Herculoids. Yeah, that was it. Because <laughs> I'm in the damn blobs all the time. They need Blue Falcon. Everybody's trying to be. I know Avengers. Blue Falcon's in that same like category because he would uh, meet up with Scooby Doo every now and then. Back on USA, Cartoon Express. There's a blast from the past. Yeah, post-apocalyptic Scooby. So that's something. I don't I know am, how we got on that, but whatever. I am on board. <laughs> I am on board for that. I will check it out and report back. I think we got into an honorable mention situation or of, of yeah. sorts. Mm. Something like yeah, we that. Yeah, that's when we talked about gummy bears and yeah, rescue just rangers. Stuff, and, yeah. yeah, but I mean, 80s cartoons. You can go to any website or you know, just Google... Even on YouTube, there's playlists, like play t- playlist number 57 of the greatest 80s cartoon themes. 
because every yeah. one of them was pretty damn cool yep. for the most part. But, of course, some are, some are always a little bit more memorable than others. I mean, Thundercats, even, you know, mm. that's a great... And, again, animation in the intro, phenomenal. The show, eh, takes a hit. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, I continue a little into the night, like the X-Men animated cartoon had a great theme song. Well, Batman. 1990, though, yeah. Batman, the animated... Like, you know... And see, that was... Because ladies' cartoon, kids' cartoons were, you know, almost uh, carbon copied of each other, so to speak, you know, in, in a sense. You know, they didn't really have that aspect. But then, like, in the that 90s... Works. Let's do that. The 90s, <laughs> you, when you with X-Men and Batman, the animated series, and Gargoyles. Yeah. You know, they yeah. grew up a little bit with us, and I think that's why those series were so good, because Batman, the animated series, and X-Men, they had some dark episodes. Like, the episode where Nightcrawler and Wolverine, or Wolverine finds God... And like talking about religious persecution and shit, like that's a deep episode for a kids' cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, when I went first watched, like, gee, like he literally just like became a Christian, like on a on a kids' cartoon. It wasn't heavy handed. It right. was just like he's like praying in church. Like he believe his belief. He wouldn't become a Christian, but he uh, he believes he it made, power. Yeah, yeah, he like Wolverine. Wolverine believes in God now, guys. Yeah. In this animal, like. You know, it's just watching. I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. They tackled the Dark Phoenix saga in the cartoon, and yes, it was. It I mean, I, X Men and Batman. I, I like X Men a bit better because at that time I was a major X Men fan because that's when Jim Lee and Chris Claremont were working on X Men. Watched both a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because well, Batman would come on every day, and then X Men was always fucking Saturday mornings. You had to wait a week for an episode. I mean, you had the best Batman voice. Oh, yeah. Get oh, the gun boy. I remember watching that. The best Joker, Mark. 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 Cartoon medley. That Actually, guy the, that plays all the cartoon medley. There's a new Justice League cartoon as well. Um, Kevin Conroy's coming back as Oh, Batman, hell yeah. And Mark Hamill as Joker. That dude said after fucking Arkham City, he's <laughs> done with the voice because it's tearing his throat up and he's coming back. Which is fine. That's fine. But it's like... He's like, hey, I didn't have to talk during Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe that's why he <laughs> did My didn't. voice is fine. I can't talk. I'm totally joking. <laughs> yeah. I need another three years to get it out. Justice League action. Yeah. They, the drawing is kind of weak, but I mean, yeah. that cast. I did not like James that Wood as Lex oh, Luthor. Oh, wow. Oh, Bader, Bader. Who was also Batman, but he's playing Booster Gold. Like DC's killing it too in the anim- on the animation front. They always have like all those Batman animated movies. I've only seen uh, Under the Red Hood and Dark Knight Returns are animated. Well, they're done yeah. well, but it's like you know they're they're still like not. What was the Flash my type of animation? Was it Flashpoint? Yeah, I heard I that, one that one had a great ending. I've read the the comic crossover, but yeah, but DC's killing it like on the TV front and all that. I don't watch any of the DC. Shows or even you know, the Marvel shows or the Netflix ones either, but I know that uh, oh, people, who, people who watch Arrow and yeah. Flash and Gotham have nothing. I've never heard much bad about them except that Arrow is like a too much of a soap opera. They just that's to Earth Two on Flash. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess that's their excuse for not having that actor play Flash in the future Justice League movie and not have that Green Arrow actor <laughs> play Green Arrow, another <laughs> which is dumb. Dimension. Like uh, I think even Tim, they might talk about it on Geekly Doser or something. Or maybe it was only a post that he made or something. I remember him talking about how that's not... Which is, I agree, it's stupid. Like, these are your cartoon... Don't separate your universes. Marvel's killing it like that. They're TV, yeah. Netflix, it all... It's the same universe. They reference that stuff. And they're doing it right. Like, because, you know, after two, after three movies that are incredibly mediocre, you don't need to do another, do another Punisher movie. Yeah. You know, until you get it right. Get the ideology right. And I think they finally found the best person to play the Punisher right now. And we'll see. 
And Jessica Jones, all that, which I didn't yeah. care for that much. Did y'all watch Jessica Jones? Yeah, we finished it. Yeah, it got episode nine. That's the point where I was like, I got to see what happens. But it took, that was a spoiler. Okay, if you haven't seen Jessica Jones, just turn it off. We'll see you next week for yeah. Flight of Dragons and The Last Unicorn. No, but uh, that's the one where he was in the room with the parents and everything. And mm-hmm. that's when to, I was like, okay, the show just got really good. Yeah. And it, but it took nine episodes. My lot like Fargo. Fargo is 10 episodes. It was very long. Like, I could imagine region, reading all those scripts together and it would just be like, okay, when's something going to happen? I couldn't, exactly. Like, with Daredevil, um, we could watch maybe two episodes back to back. I mean, it, it, again, it suffered. It, you don't need 14 episodes is all I'm getting right. at. I still haven't finished Daredevil. 10 episodes, that, I think to me that's enough to have not have filler, tell a story, get in and out, in my opinion. Daredevil in episode two had that great fight scene. Yeah, that one shot fight scene and then, yeah. but then it slows. like, oh uh, God. They all suffer from just like too much exposition. Yes. And, Jessica Jones, her power was so inconsistent. Yeah, oh. like, oh, now she's hurt? Like, yeah. Or now she can't get out? Like, what or the fuck? Why mean? is, I mean, she's like, she jumps like as far she's as supposed, she wants. Yeah, she's like supposed to have Hulk. super strength, but then it's like, okay, sometimes she can take it, sometimes it's like, you can't even take a, a, a push. Like, yeah. <laughs> she can where, survive the landing. Yeah, I know, but it's like, like where does your jump? super strength end and begin? It's like, you know. I don't know. I mean, I had. Of course, other reasons to watch Jessica Jones because of David Tennant. No, oh, yeah, I mean <laughs> so, he, he was he was know. the best part of the show. What about her? She was the B in Apartment Twenty Three. <laughs> David, she still was the B <laughs> in a different apartment. Yeah, that's true. So if you're you know a David Tennant fan, yeah. you know spoiler, sweetie, but you know you might yeah. not want to watch Jessica Jones for no, he, no, he's the, he was fantastic you know, for, as that role for a long like, time. When he was on screen, I was enthralled and enjoying it. But again, here's what I don't understand. You have a budget for the series. Mm-hmm. Why do you, I mean, and it's not like you have advertisements. Why do, you, why do you need to make 14 episodes when you can make 10 or 8? Or yeah. like, why, why spend all this money when you can make some? It doesn't, does it matter that much that no. people are viewing people 14 are out? Make, people enjoy a six-episode yeah. season. Next files I mean, revival, six episodes. Yeah. In and out. Get it done. You're, Although I think that's too short because I think with the X Files they're trying to I don't know if y'all are watching it or not but I am yeah. I think I didn't watch this week so I think they're trying to because you know the X Files had a methodology behind they had like a mythology episode monster of the week just standalone episode yeah and they had kind of a pattern like okay you know like about every fourth episode was like that's gonna be a story driven but with this revival it seems like they're trying to hit one of each of their types of episodes yeah, so they're not really connecting. episode one was great comeback like yeah oh no. I. It's like I never stopped watching, like especially at the beginning where they like put you back on track. Oh, yeah. I forgot all that stuff. Yeah. But then episode two comes along, I'm like, did they completely forget what ju- they just went through? <laughs> Which I mean, they did do that in the TV show, but again, but that wasn't until it was established, right? You know, right. and I know, whoops, I know a lot of people are coming back. I'm not, I mean, I'm still enjoying it, but yeah, there's a little something missing mm. in this one. There, I mean, they're still great. The company is killing it, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I think he's taking it a little less serious, but they kind of he kind of played that with his character in the first episode. Like I don't know what to believe, and then the whole reptilian dude episode, mm. which that reminded me of uh, the Jose Chung from Outer Space episode from before, which was they always have those funny ones, but then they usually have a really they did that would do that because usually How an many episode coming along was dark. I think I've only watched four. two. There's four. Uh, okay, so I haven't the, uh, watched three or four. Yesterday, then. oh wait, what's today? Wednesday, uh, Mondays was episode four. Okay. So there's two more. Of course, when coming. people hear this, it's already done. Yeah. Oh, it's over. <laughs> you already know what we don't know at this time. Yeah. But I'm digging it. But I mean, bottom line is these series that, especially that are on the internet, why, I don't, I just don't understand, like, 
Jessica Jones, I could go in, okay, cut this episode, cut this, like, whole episodes, like, these don't matter, this doesn't matter, doesn't matter. <laughs> Cohesive, yeah. eight, nine episode series to where you wouldn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. Fargo, we were like, watch an episode, we got, oh, I, can't, I can't wait till, we gotta watch it, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what my wife is, Autumn, like, you know, it gets 9.30, like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. We watch an episode of Fargo, she's like, I'm gonna stay up, we have, to, we have to, like, watch another one, we just gotta get another one down, like, we have to see what, like, that's what these shows should be, and when they're, you know, I mean, X Files used to be like thirty episodes, twenty-four episodes a season. Yeah, and yeah, there's some you could skip, but at least it had some consistency with how it was. You know, uh, a lot of shows back in that day were like that. You know, that does not appease the advertisers. Yeah, well, that, back then it did actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, back then, but I mean today's yeah. binging like no commercials. Yeah, uh, like, like for example, uh, recently we watched on Amazon Man in the High Castle, ten episodes. Each episode how was had it? some. I thought it was awesome. Okay. I don't know anything about the That's story. All the pilot. That's all I watch, and I enjoyed it. I just haven't. I mean, it does. It does like get kind of slow in terms of like you know the, the plot's always moving, but sometimes Such a cool it's like idea. sometimes it moves fast, but then it kind of stops, explains something. Which there's no dragging like in Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Yeah. Which I think they're, those are series worth seeing, but like everyone's like, oh, it's amazing, it's the best. Series. No, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, God damn! I mean, it's 14 hours, <laughs> and it's not all good. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, end of rant. Just. I just, you know, make just make them shorter and make them. Yeah, punch harder. Good. Yeah. I mean, I'm cutting cover me right now, and yeah, I've, I've cut it down already. Now I'm about to cut it some more. Yeah. Because it's just like any little moments that can slow it down, get them out of there. Yeah, and like I remember, like uh, I told the story on the podcast before. I was listening to Paul Verhoeven talk about on the director's commentary of Hollow Man how, you know, they had all these elaborate scenes that they filmed them. And they came out really cool. Some of them mm-hmm. in the trailer, but when you Watch it in context of the film. You know, the film, the narrative is a straight line. But when they got to this point, it started making a circle above the line. And then it comes back to that starting point, and then the straight line continues. Mm. So, but when you look at the plot of the story, all those things above the plot line, like, you don't need that. So, yep. and they, you know, that's how they cut the film down. And always, that always stuck with me, because, like, it makes sense. But that's why you have deleted scenes on your DVD. Yeah. If you want to see something else, it's not going to work in the movie. I want to see how they cut that. Yeah, don't yeah, need to see Jessica Jones scenes. get her brains fucked out five <laughs> times for five minutes a pop. Yeah, or to see Trish get her, you know, eaten out by the crazy <laughs> cop. Like, I mean, you know, that doesn't make it adult and edgy, right? And they like, I'm just like, okay, I, I get it. Like, they're superpower. They're having sex again, mm-hmm. so they're <laughs> the headboards. Cool. Right, right. Like, I get it. I get. Okay, keep. Okay. Oh, again. Okay, we we get this. Mm-hmm. And then just I don't know. It's just disjointed storytelling. It was. I mean, but, yeah, and her power really yeah, got like, me. And the same thing with, like, Kilgrave, like, you know, she didn't, she finds out, well, again, if you're still listening and you haven't watched it and you want to, you've already gotten several things spoiled, so you're about to get something else. She finds out, the like, the last episode, it doesn't work on me. Yeah. And you've gone this whole time, 14, 13 episodes, scared to death of this guy, and he's scary because what he does to other people. Yeah. But I, I'm like... I'm not watching it again because I'm not going to subject myself. But I swear, like, he told her to do something before and, like, like, and it worked on her or whatever, but then it doesn't work. I don't get it. It just seemed inconsistent. Like, like her powers and some other uh-huh. stuff. Just like, eh. But we'll see. Most excited about Daredevil Season 2 because of Electra and Punisher, mainly for John Berthanol, hopefully yeah. finally doing justice to the Punisher character. No offense, Dolph London. Fuck you, Thomas Jane. Anyway, <laughs> long way from 80s cartoons. Dirty laundry? Yeah. You didn't watch well, the laundry short? No. I remember we mentioned that. I never watched it after that. No. 
Yeah. Wait, 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 wasn't there a Tom Hardy short too with Punisher? Or were we thinking, we talked about that on the Punisher episode with Lundgren, but we, I think we no, realized no, it I was the... I don't think Tom Hardy did anything. Or he, maybe he was on a short list or something, or rumored to be playing the Punisher, which obviously didn't come to fruition. Or he might have an interview where he mentioned he would like to play the Punisher. Oh, I don't even remember that. I don't know. Again, my brain, like, there's so many things that I remember that sometimes get... Uh, intertwined and don't come out right but anyway we'll be back next week to do a twofer our first twofer in a long time flight of dragons that's going to be a short one folks and the last <laughs> unicorn to kind of fill out the hour or maybe hour and a half who knows how long it'll be because we get on tangents and it just goes 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 so uh, last unicorn is on netflix oh some female ne- oh you want to see something creepy go look at the ninja turtles live action show I and there's it. that female turtle and it is so weird <laughs> it is just I don't know, it's just unnerving. Like, It's this, exactly the same look as every other turtle except the front of her shell has boobs. Oh, yeah. Like she, she doesn't look any different. It looks, it, she's Leonardo with like <laughs> wearing t- boobs. It's so weird. It's like... It still looks Venus male. Venus that's, that's what's so weird about it. It's just like they didn't... Like they didn't even put her in a different color. They could like, have why made is it she like not the Power pink? Rangers, like pink or, or yellow, yellow or something. yeah, something. But she looks like Leonardo in drag. Oh god! The first thing that comes up when I type in Venus de Milo, TMT, fan fiction. Fan fiction. It's you know that's porn. Oh yeah, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna go off on some stories. Ay ay ay. See, at least when they're in that new style, at least they're making her feminine. Like boobs or is not putting her in, in a different color. <laughs> Do something different. <laughs> I guess April O'Neil wasn't good enough. They had a female turtle. Anyway, but we'll be back next week for those two films. Flight of Dragons, you might have some trouble finding it. Uh, it's probably on YouTube. That is fucking scary looking. <laughs> this picture of Venus. I'm sorry. That's terrifying. Looking like... Oh, that's scary. That's just as scary. I don't, yeah, there's the something about that thing. that's just creepy. But anyway, uh, like I said, Last Unicorn is on Netflix. Uh Jeff Bridges and I'm not sure else, some other voices. I haven't seen it yet. Watched it for the podcast. That's one I had on VHS in the classic clamshell case. Watched it numerous times. Flight of Dragons. Whole another story, but uh, you might find that on YouTube. Like I said, I had to dig around to actually find it. Oh, but it's got John Ritter in it. So God rest his soul. Hmm. I can see why God took him after he witnessed this abomination. Oh, I'm sorry. It's spoilers. <laughs> anyway, next week, everybody. But until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Melissa Sedgley. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.